Welcome to Education Suspended, a podcast focused on exploring, engaging, and dialoguing with those in education who are passionate about changing the status quo and evolving the archaic system we have inherited. Education Suspended is a production of Intricate Roots Educational Consulting Services. Our editor and production manager is Katie Kuneen. Our producer is Jamie Higa, and our music is provided by Poets Row. Hey, hey, welcome back to Education Suspended. Jessica Pfeiffer here. Also, welcome to August. That really snuck up on me. Can't believe it's here already. I hope your summer's going well. For those of you that are headed back to school, I hope it's a good start. And for those of you that have a few weeks left, enjoy the rest of your summer. We are back with a reflective dissociation session for you. Steve Grainer was actually not part of this one, so Jamie stepped in. Steve is up north with his family, and thank you, Jamie. We had a lot of fun recording this. We were all over the map, so hopefully I got it down to an episode that makes sense. There was just there was just a lot of good stuff to process through those last four episodes. So hopefully you like what we put together. Sit back and enjoy Education Suspended. Yo. Yo, girl. It's good to see your face. Jamie, you're pinch hitting for Steve Grainer. So you are the producer. So, I mean, you're always doing all the big stuff. Barely. Does it feel like we're back when the conception of this podcast came about? Yeah. Day one. What was that for? It was for Geisler. Shout out, Geisler. Lisa Geisler. I can't stop singing today. Ah, Oh, that's what it was. It was Geisler's. I didn't want to make a presentation, so I recorded us talking. Yep. And then she said, or someone said, hey, you should do a podcast. Why five? Why? Stop it. You're such a dork. Why five? (laughs) Well, let's jump jump into our dissociation. Snap, Snap back. Focus on me, Jamie. Stop dissociating. Stop dissociating because we're going to dissociate. Which one's our first episode? Rachel Parker. Rachel Parker. Assistant principal. Dear friend of mine, she unfortunately went to my rival college, but she made a good decision and we ended up at the same grad school together, the University of Denver. Did she play soccer too? No. Basketball. You know anything anything about basketball, Jamie? Hmm. Not really. Is that the thing where they hit the thing? Yeah, I'm going to school you in some basketball. (laughs) It it was interesting to interview her because she is one of my good friends. And we talk about work all the time, but yet to get in that, the podcast setting, there's stories that she told. I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know that. What was your favorite takeaway or your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is how difficult it is for administrators, even administrators that fully believe exclusionary practices are not at all appropriate, how they sometimes get in a position that options are really limited, not necessarily because of their beliefs, but because of the larger system and maybe the policies Mm -hmm. that are around them. So that's what I found interesting of how do you work within the confines of Listen, our district policy is A, B, or C. I think it's kapui, hogwash. What's the word you texted me again? Dengus. Dengus. How do I creatively work within those confines? Because I think that that's becoming the new norm. We, I think there's more people than not thinking that exclusionary practices are just outrageous and not fair at all. 
Oh, absolutely. That stood out to me significantly when she talked about that internal battle of the exclusionary practice versus her own beliefs of what's best for that student. I was really intrigued by her lens of coming from such a strong mental health background, Mm -hmm. then moving into education, then moving into administration, and how that skill set set her up to have to navigate these waters a little bit easier than maybe some that don't come from that really intensive mental health background. Her ability to conceptualize why it's so negative was Mm -hmm. just natural. I'd be curious to talk to more principals that don't have that mental health background. That's powerful. I think in the perfect world, I think educators should have that mental health background. At least dabble in it when we're going through undergrad, when we're going through our licensing, whatever that looks like. It's ironic because you and I, when we're in the educational system, we are the mental health providers. Mm -hmm. And yet I guarantee we've both had experiences when we're talking with teachers and they're they're also at the end of the day providing quote unquote mental health support from that relational lens from that regulatory lens from Mm -hmm. that I had a really bad day at home and I love you because you're my teacher and so I'm going to spill the story to you lens and so I do find it very interesting that there's no exposure to any of that in their training and yet they do it every day every day without even realizing it maybe sometimes yeah My assumption from just the teachers that I have worked with over the years, there's more people than not that say they wish they would have had that. Mm -hmm. I don't usually hear the other. Maybe that's just because what I do, but more often than not, the educators are saying, why does our training look the way it does and why doesn't it include more of the mental health piece? And I think within your role, maybe that's what you saw and you heard, but I think at least at the school that I was previously at, for me, it was this... I wish that teachers had it. I wish that they had more experience or more training with mental health because I think that it would make a big difference in how they choose to interact with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. But great interview. Rachel, I miss your face. Hey, you two should connect and play basketball. That's our common theme to our next episode is basketball. You know, we had someone pretty famous. Jackie. Jackie McCormick. So let me connect the dots on this one. Jackie is best friends with one of my best friends. So Jackie and Beth played college basketball together. And Beth is Quinn's godmama. And I am her, she has twin boys and I am their godmama. Small world. Small world. Again, I've met her numerous times. She told me about her organization and it wasn't until we started this podcast. I'm like, oh. Oh, it's all coming together. It's coming together. We should talk. Let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk. Rise Above is an amazing organization. It's not necessarily, quote unquote, a school program. I've said quote unquote twice now. So to our listeners, hopefully you are not doing a drinking game because that's too drinks. did not even pick up on it, but now, I know I said that twice. I won't say it anymore, I promise. Wait, what was I saying? Oh, it's not necessarily a school program, but it is an educationally based program. Essentially, the premise for them is that they utilize the game of basketball as a way to access these students, these kids, and support them in different domains, including, right, if they need educational support. Educational, social, emotional, yeah. community. We need more of that. And, and I think it was Steve that said... That common theme of using a body-based intervention to access these kids. And Jackie said, listen, if we if we showed up to a school, into a community and said, hey, we're going to be doing a clinic on emotional well-being, 
no one's going to come. No but one. if she comes in and says, hey, we're, ho- we're hosting a basketball clinic, the gym's going to fill up. I really liked how she utilizes that avenue. And in particular for her and this organization that focuses on a, a marginalized group that has had a heinous experience in the educational system. The other thing that really stood out about that interview with Jackie was her story as a student and how it can impact you across different domains, social, emotional, academic, when you are one of the students that don't feel like you belong, that you don't fit in. And her story and, and sharing that, it was just powerful to hear. And I was, I was thinking of that like generational component too. Yeah. yeah. Just like this maybe responsibility or of wanting to do something and then not being able to share that with her family of like, this is really hard for me. And she, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it felt like she was, no, I need to do this. I cannot tell them that I'm having a hard time. Let's connect because, you know, I like the dots. Let's jump from Jackie then into Pikea. So the common theme between those two for me was what you just said, that generational impact. We spent quite a bit of time diving into how does that show up for her as someone at the time that was focused on inclusion, inclusionary practices in classrooms, because you and I have talked about it numerous times and and same with Grainer of we have to get better at understanding the generational ramifications for these kids. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes they're carrying the stories of their family members and they don't they don't even know yeah uh, of, of how that shows up well, we know we know that it, there's there is an impact there but we don't really screen for it there's not a process in our system to get the educational history for our kids and provide proactive supports for that for these families and communities i think we have a lot of kids that are stepping into the education system with generations of educational trauma yeah and so we're starting that relationship with it a little bit severed. Yeah. They need a good systems family therapist. That's how, that's how I would see it. The other piece about that episode that I found really interesting, her experience of navigating in Hawaii versus coming to the, the mainland. Mm -hmm. What does acculturation look like? What does the sense of belonging look like? Because we were, we were identifying in Hawaii, is it as intense for native students, students of color, when you have more people that look like you on the islands versus coming into a school in the middle of Iowa or Colorado when that looks different? And so it was interesting to hear her comment on that. Personally, that resonates with me a lot. Um, culturally it's very different in Hawaii versus mainland and also I think how you present yourself feels very different what do you mean by that um I think that growing up in a space where you feel this innate sense of belonging is very comforting it feels very safe when you step into the mainland culturally it's very different you look very different than other people uh, and then you get treated differently it's difficult to navigate at first so you kind of have to find your way thanks for sharing that thank you you're welcome (laughs) okay our last episode jack jackie boy the pipes the pipes are calling jack 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 keep that in i really like him i know you've been a fan of jack's for quite some time I have loved Jack's artwork since the moment I saw it. And mm-hmm. for me, it activated, is that the right word? It activated a sense of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Growing up, 
probably around middle school when I started getting into photography and then taking classes in high school, I was really in love with the work of Ansel Adams. The simplicity of it, the the stories that these nature photos told. And to me, there was something about Jack's art that reminded me. I felt very similar when I look at his artwork. It's It's simple. And yet the stories are there. I mean, I loved Ansel Adams. Every year I vividly remember getting the the 12-month calendar, Ansel Adams. If I was really excited, I'd get the really larger edition ones so I had more photos. And I love photography. I think it is an underused way to teach, way to connect the feelings, way to tell stories in our schools when a lot of kids have access to a phone. Yeah, have access to cameras now. And there's just different creative things that you can be doing with that. For me, his willingness to share his own story as a student also really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. Here is a student that's not coming to the table with a lot of behavioral issues, but the motivation to engage in, in school was low because it just didn't line up with what he wanted to do. It, the, it lacks creativity. Yeah. Here's a kid that needed creativity mm-hmm. and a system that lacks creativity, and he was the victim of that. And I think he said he almost got kids out of middle school, high school, and college at one point. And yet here he is, a very successful photographer. So I think that story exists a lot. And I love Jack, and he's open about this. And for him, luckily, he came from privilege. He mm-hmm. was a male, he was white, and he came from privilege. His experience, the stories that we hear are not any different if that's not, if you don't have those identifying categories because he was able to identify the privilege that he had the episode i think we what did we title the episode going Going north North. because he he had options and directions if he wanted to go the traditional route i'm sure he would have been successful i'm sure the system around him he would have been fine but he also had the family system around him that did allow him to choose a different direction Mm-hmm. And that's not, that is, that's also, also privilege. That's not always the case. That's not necessarily everyone's option. And this weekend at my mom's birthday, we took her out for lunch for sushi. And she was sharing stories about when she was done with nursing school. She's like, but I really just wanted to be a nightclub singer. <laughs> but my dad said, absolutely not. I just paid for you to go to nursing school. Well, not that you can compare the two, but you get it. Like people have these, these creative avenues that they want to take. and. Mm-hmm. for some i don't know and i don't know if we should be maybe privilege isn't the right word i feel like no it is. i think that we can't say anything other than privilege i think that privilege is the right word because the creative career field also comes with a lot of financial instability yeah that's true. Um, and if you come from a family or family system that is already navigating financial instability it's hard to explore your creative side when you're living paycheck to paycheck. So yeah, I think privilege is the right word. It's just wicked cool that he just owns it and does amazing work and gives back. He mentors kids. He goes into schools and, and teaches mm-hmm. about photography. Even on our podcast, I think he said he would. any student out there was yeah. interested in any of the arts. He, I mean, that's such a cool, such a cool dude. Right. Um, just to provide that access. Yeah. Giving it back. Mm-hmm. I also, I did also like how he gave different examples for teachers to use. So if you haven't listened to that episode, 
There are some really interesting, creative ideas that you can use in academic settings, social-emotional settings with photography, which are great. All right, Jamie. All right, Jessica Pfeiffer, Dr. Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's that's the funny story of the month. My capacity to insert the title doctor when talking to clients, in particular on the phone, is awful. To the point that on a regular basis, I'm like, I, I'll, I'll call it like, hi, yeah, this is Jessica... Uh, Jessica, Dr. Pfeiffer? <laughs> and it's just awkward for a couple seconds, and I just keep going. Someday we'll get it. it. I don't want to own it. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Jamie, I miss you. I miss you too. It's weird because we've always done, we always do these on Zoom. Mm-hmm. We're never in the same place, but knowing that we're in different states and t- different time zones. It hits a little different. It hits, it's deep. I got some tissues here. I've been using them. <laughs> I really miss you. I miss you too. I really appreciate you stepping in for Steve Grainer, who is up north. He is on his land up in northern Minnesota, living his best self, fishing, camping with the family. Oh, Grainer. So we'll excuse him. But you did, a, you did a great job. I'm super proud of you today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Reflective Dissociation. We'll be back with more interviews in two weeks and i think actually for some of you listening school may start depending on what state you're in because this is coming out in a couple days which will be the beginning of august yes mm-hmm. holy buckets so if you are listening and you're starting the school year best of luck we love you we love you giving you a big hug <laughs>